Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Okay, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today we have uh, a very um, controversial topic. We're speaking to Don Gittleson of Gittleson Angus Ranch in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Uh, Don, thanks for coming on. Yes, actually, where the ranch is, I'm from Steamboat Springs originally, but the ranch is actually in Walden, Colorado. Oh, okay, okay. So Now, um, the... You have a wolf problem. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a wolf problem. Uh, uh, yeah, we've got uh, wolves that uh, have come down from uh, Wyoming. And uh, um, so they've chosen uh, my place and a couple other ranches up here to call home. So. Well, I know that um, they recently delisted the wolves again, uh, which numbers-wise does not make sense. Uh, how is it affecting you on a day-to-day? So right now we don't get a lot of sleep. Um, so I, we have a few people that volunteer that come up here and uh, – they spend um, part of the night out there and then I, uh, either myself or my wife or uh, my son, uh, we'll um, spend a portion of the night up, uh, making sure the wolves don't come into the cows. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a uh, flag fence up that they put up, um, but we're not sure that it will keep the wolves out. At some point, they'll figure out how to get through it. Uh -oh. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, please explain what that is. And the so it's, 
It's a it's a polywire electric fence, like a little temporary fence you would use for um, wire fence for uh, horses or 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 that. And then it has ribbons on it, about mm, probably eighteen inches apart, that are probably about three feet wide by oh, I bet they're close to eighteen inches long. And they're supposed to. Um, wave in the wind in that and that's supposed to scare the wolves and then the electricity is supposed to help keep them out too so they got they have a small charger on a, a solar charger on them um, well, i i've seen these fences and they don't look very high no so they 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 want it low enough the wolf can't go under it what about uh, over it? these are big animals Yes, so they could jump over it. I can tell you that they can jump as high as my chest because I've seen them do it over a, a wire fence. But uh, yeah, the <laughs> I think the fact that it's the flags waving are supposed to scare them. They have been up to it and right up to it. I think most animals can sense when there's electricity running through a wire and okay. So I think they sense that. Now, unless they touch that thing with their nose, uh, they have enough hair that it's not gonna shock them. So if they try to go under it or something, they really won't get shocked. Uh, I, I accidentally touched the wire once and it's, I would say it's uncomfortable, but it's not, um, I've used, electric fence to keep bulls away from cows and things like that. And the ones I use for the cattle, um, if you touch that, you don't ever want to touch it again. And nope. this this fence is not that. <laughs> so, not much oh, it's also, so we, we only went around about half the pasture that I wanted to get around for the cows. Uh-huh. But the cost of that fence that's out there right now is $15,000. Three miles. What's less than three miles. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. That's, a, that's so, a big expense to swallow, especially well, when you're losing uh, <laughs> your investment. Could be on a daily basis. Yeah, so I don't have to pay the, for the fence right now. <laughs> the USDA is, uh, they, they supplied the fence. Uh, they had to go get part of it uh, in Montana, but uh, so, and then uh, Defenders of the Wildlife uh, supplied uh, a third of it, mm -hmm. a third of the fence for them to use. Now, if something happens where that fence gets damaged, then I have to pay for it. Uh, but um, you're dealing with wildlife. <laughs> yeah. Well, so if the cattle do, if the cattle come up to get it, uh, if the, I guess they'll eat the ribbon and that. And so uh, that stuff costs over $4,000 a mile. So then I would have to pay for it. And which is why we cut a pasture in half. If we would have been able to go all the way around the pasture, uh, the cows wouldn't be able to get to that ribbon. But uh, it also took 
I had uh, a bunch of the local ranchers volunteered to come out here. So we had over a dozen people here for six hours to put that fence up. And that's just on your ranch. That's on my ranch. And, and, the, and the pasture that we did is the largest they've ever done. And then wow. it's not, um, <laughs> we, we didn't do a, at least what I consider a very big section of ground. Well, let's, let's try and put things in perspective here. Uh, people and, and these um, uh, animal activists, they see the wolf as uh, a cuddly dog. <laughs> these are big animals. Compared to a dog, what's the size difference? So they're more the size of what you see the big guard dogs. So like uh, St. Bernard, uh, only, that's a, that's a only, only not as cuddly. <laughs> so yes, they're, they're, they're very big. Um, I get people here when we've had hunters here that they'll see a track and they'll go, well, we're not sure if it's a coyote track or a wolf track. And I tell them, if you're not sure, it's a coyote. Yep. <laughs> because when you see, a, when you see the footprint from a wolf, you, you are not gonna mistake that for a coyote. They are, they're much larger. So, and um, I wouldn't, I, I know a lot of people think they're majestic and they're such a great animal. I compare them more, if you're talking in the human world with a Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the simple fact of the matter is a wolf is a killing machine. Uh, oh, yes. You look at what they've done to the elk population in, um, in, in Yellowstone Park. They're decimating it. Uh, oh, and not yeah. just the elk, the deer and, and coyotes, they're, they're, territori they're territorial. They don't want another dog in their area. No, they... They go after the dogs. I mean, up here they look for my dogs. I can't, I can't have them outside when I'm not around. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can't let them out at night without me being out there with them. Um, one of our neighbors' dogs was killed by um, probably only probably only one or two wolves. Wow! Uh, not even the whole pack. Um, and you know what they with the cattle here um, the one cow that they tore up they actually had an elk at the same time um, wow. and they didn't they didn't kill or eat any of them I mean they did kill a coyote at the same time that they were after the cows so yeah I mean they and they're right now they're teaching their young to kill so they don't even they don't even kill something to eat all of it they are killing it to teach the young to kill the training ground yes now so, prior to them being delisted again what were your alternatives to protect your animals your, your pets your livestock what were your alternatives how did you um how were you able to uh, deter these animals Okay, so until we had three animals dead, our, our alternative, and, and a lot of this is because we have a governor that um, hates the livestock industry. 
yep. and loves the wolves. Um, my alternatives were to sit and watch it happen. That was my alternative. I was not supposed to be chasing wolves away, uh, not shooting at wolves, you know, no, no, had nothing I could do to keep them out. So the fencing that we have now, we weren't allowed to use that. Uh, we weren't allowed to use sound to chase them off. Um, basically sit there and watch your animal get killed. That, that was our alternative. Okay, so wolves come in, they kill one of your cows. What is the financial uh, repercussions for you, for one cow? So uh, where I'm at, we live at a high elevation. So we're, um, the ranch itself, the house is at 8,200 feet and we go higher than that. Mm -hmm. So cattle don't handle high elevation that well. If I were to go to uh, a lower elevation by cattle, they may not survive here. So the cattle we have here and the other ranches up here, their cattle are selected to live at this elevation. Uh, so we can't just replace them that easily. Yep. Um, now I sell bulls for people in the higher elevation. So when I lose an animal, I lose uh, a cow that's bred, I lose that calf too. So that's part of our income. Um, it's, it's not something that you can say, oh, they'll pay you for it mm -hmm. and you're reimbursed. No, that's, that's like any business. If you take away the way, the, the means that they make their business and say, well, I'll just pay you for your lot for your loss of that day. Yeah. You can't sustain a business that way. So it's not just the loss of the cow. It's a residual loss of income. Yes, correct. Wow. Okay. So now um, they're giving you these fences that they think are going to keep the wolves out um, as part of a cost prevention. Uh, the other alternative they're recommending is guard dogs. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, actually, uh, a lot of the people are not recommending guard dogs for us because right now the wolves have set up this as their home range. Mm -hmm. And I have about eight or nine wolves here. And for guard dogs to be effective here, I would need to have more than that number of guard dogs. And dogs are an attractant to the wolves. So they're yep. gonna seek out dogs. So in my situation, they're not really recommending guard dogs because uh, they're afraid that the dogs would just get killed. Mm -hmm. um, so basically Mostly. they want you to, to um, create your own pack and, and have <laughs> one gang against the other, like the, uh, the Sharks against the Jets. <laughs> that's, that would, yeah, so that's a, that would be a very, yeah, that's kind of the situation. It's, uh, there, there are people that are going to do that. Um, the, other, the thing that you need to think about is if you're against dog fights, then that is the exact scenario that we would be setting up. That's something to think about that they obviously have not considered. Yes, so it's, that, is, that is truly the scenario that you're setting up. Now, 
in the sheep industry and that that's that's their best uh, you know the you know best way that they can keep wolves out of their sheep um, it's not it's not an ideal situation for anybody well I, I know the wolf numbers should be regulated by the state like any other species uh, not on a federal level I mean you look at the wolf population uh, and the management levels in Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, they're, they're at all-time highs and they're tipping the scales in Oregon and Washington, let alone Alaska and uh, Canada. I mean, it's not an animal species that's on the decline. They, they could have multiple litters a year and that puts your livelihood, your pets, your game animals and yourself in tremendous danger. Yeah, so it puts all the other animals in tre tremendous danger. Um, I, I do get the comment of what do you think will happen when they, you know, are you afraid they're gonna come after you? And my, my answer to that is, <laughs> please, please don't come after me. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can't shoot them. Yeah, that's the only time that I can actually uh, shoot a wolf is if it's if I'm in danger. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they it puts you know we we have people come here to hunt. That's part of how we make our our, our livelihood here on the place as do most ranchers in the West. Um, it also, our wildlife people here, most of their income has to come from the sale of hunting licenses. So we have put a species in the state that will decrease the number of licenses they can sell and increase the cost to them to manage. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, just what every business wants to have. <laughs> so, you're the governor of Colorado. What's your solution to uh, the wolf situation? If I, so, they they need to manage the wolves. <clears throat> So the parks and wildlife, and I think the people on the ground here understand that, but in the state of Colorado right now, the governor has his fingerprints all over everything that says wolf or mm -hmm. looks like wolf or is a wolf. And, uh, but if they manage it like they do the rest of the species, so they manage them in game units. So as soon as one unit has the number of animals that they need to, uh, they start having hunting. Now, we are, because of them getting listed again federally, that takes it out of the, uh, the hands of the governor right now. Yeah. And which the only person I think that doesn't really right now understand that is the governor because he, he still thinks that he has rules in place too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's comical, but it's scary. Oh yeah. Because it, it's, it's affecting 
well, they, they affect the whole ecosystem. Uh, and they fail to realize that, that it really does need to be managed on a state level and not a federal level. Uh, you know, like Canada has, I don't know, 60,000 wolves, give or take. Uh, they're not going to stay in Canada. They're not fenced in. They could come down here, no problem. They're, they're wild animals. They're, they're you know, they're, they're free to roam wherever they go. Yeah. For us in Colorado, though, honestly, at this point, we don't want Colorado to be in charge because the governor would not let us control them at all. Whereas federal regulations, if they're a problem, eventually they'll let them, not us, but somebody control that. Mm -hmm. um, so for right now, it's not horrible that they are relisted in Colorado. Um, yeah. Not an ideal situation if we had a different person calling the shots, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a kind of subjective uh, thing if your life is in danger, they're coming after your cows and you kill a wolf. How do they, you know, how do they know you weren't in harm's way? I mean, who's to say? They're going to they're, they're gonna second guess you when they're not there to see it? Yeah, so I can tell you with our governor here right now, um, so first, first time we had an animal uh, killed here on the ranch and I had the wildlife officer had to come out and we had to verify that it was wolves, even though <laughs> there are wolf tracks everywhere. <laughs> Very evident. Yeah. It would, I mean, the, the normal person would have showed up there and go, you know, two seconds, yep, it, this is a wolf attack. But we have to prove that the animal was alive before the wolves killed it and ate on it. And so when that happened, of course, and the news got a hold of it, uh, we had people from the press or papers coming out here to uh, do an interview, want to look at the, what is going on here. So... I contacted my local wildlife officer and I said, you know, listen, I'd, I'd like it if you came here, they're gonna come here. I don't wanna answer questions that are, you know, questions for wildlife officers. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not comfortable with answering questions that you should be answering. So he had to call his boss and then I got a call back um, from further up the ladder that they, cannot answer any questions about wolves without it going through the governor's office. Wow. <laughs> so that's how it's been with every single time we have something here when the press is here, they have to wait. Uh, it usually takes them about 16 hours for the governor to get out of bed and to be able to answer questions about wolves. So um, I know that they, they had for a short period of time, they had a, a wolf kill, a cow that was a wolf kill on their website that they had to take down. Um, so he's very much in control of the wolf situation. Uh, this problem, if we would have had the ability to chase wolves away from the ranch prior to three animals killed, um, we could have averted this 
situation. And that was through rubber bullets and things of that nature. Yes, and, and just even being able to scare them off. So we weren't even able to chase them off, just, you know, scare them away. Uh, the rubber bullets, that was one thing that came out later that we were given, which that actually held up our ability. So that after the first animal was killed, um, the uh, parks and wildlife people were actually going to give me the ability to use rubber bullets and that chase wolves away. Now, the closest I've ever been to a wolf in daylight hours is about 300 yards, which mm -hmm. rubber bullets are not effective at 300 yeah. yards. Yeah, they're very cagey um, animals. Yes. I, I mean, you know, the success rate uh, in Idaho to kill wolf is 0.3%. I mean, if you could get within 30 yards of a wolf, it wouldn't be 0.3%. Yep, yep. <laughs> But uh, that held up, they had to examine whether or not it was safe to use rubber bullets on the wolves and that until after we had two more animals dead. <laughs> and, and then they decided, well, maybe, maybe he should be able to use, you know, some of these things to try to scare the wolves off. Well, at that point, it's really too late. And if these were anything other than a wolf, if you had any other large predator in Colorado that had killed something three times, three different times, they'd be gone. Yep. Uh, they'd get rid of it. Uh, you know, so this right now, and even, even throughout this country, you see wolves getting managed unlike the other animals that are predators out there. Yeah. 100%. And and they this whole scenario is, well, we need the wolves because they're an apex predator, and they show you, you know, th this is how things line up. These are the apex predators. There's one apex predator that's never on there when they t and they never talk about, and that's people. We are we are the apex predator. Period. Yep. That's that's fact. <laughs> That's yes. fact. Yeah. Uh, the, the wolf has always been the uh, poster child for the animal rights activists. Uh, whether they are endangered or not, which in my opinion they're not, um, that's, that's the poster child. Yes. Well, I mean, so we went from two wolves one year to eight wolves the next year, and then we keep having more wolves coming into the state that are just migrating down. And in April, they'll have another. Yeah, and so shortly after the 15th of April, we'll probably have, uh, you know, another six pups. Uh, yep. So we're, and next, the year after that, the pups that are now gonna be a year old, they will start pups. mating, yeah, so. And plus the ones that they're going to reintroduce into Colorado. Yes. Uh, you know, and the ones, the ones here will all know to hunt cows, right? Because true. pups are going to teach their pups and uh, it's not going to be just a, one pack that goes after cows. <laughs> and yeah, once a pack gets big enough, they split off and there's two packs and four packs and they spread out through throughout the state and then they have a real problem on the hands 
yeah, we haven't figured out how to take care of the current problem, so we're going to add more wolves. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I do appreciate your time, and uh, I hope we are able to get this message out there and, um, you know, uh, see what we can do on a federal level, let alone a state level. Um, and I appreciate your time coming on. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks again. All right. All right.